0: Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast. Just a massive thank you to whoever you are listening to this. Before we start, just to remind you that we do this podcast two, three times a week, but we don't always know which day it's going to be on. So there's only one way to know, and that is to subscribe and get notifications. Why not drop us a review while you're there? Right, enough about that. Let's talk some rugby. Hello and welcome to the Welsh Rugby Podcast, I'm Ben James, I'm joined by Matt Southcombe and Simon Thomas and it's a special day, it's the first team of night of the Six Nations and um, a few surprises in, in
1: the team shall we say? It was like Christmas Eve waiting for that wasn't it? It was. Counting down the minutes and uh, 12 o'clock came along and the team was out and it's interesting the big talking part, of course has been what Wales are going to do in the centre, given the injuries to Jonathan Davis, Halla Hollow out for the season, Owen Walking not quite ready yet. And they've uh, they've they've gone for George North at 13. Coming away from the Six Nations launch last week, you know, the way that Wayne Pivak was talking, he uh, talked about the attitudes and the appetite George North had shown running there. He was clearly quite impressed. Lots of people about their views about what should happen, whether it should happen. You know, you've got your own views strongly on it, Ben, about the centre situation, about who should play there. But there's only um, one group of people's decision counts, and that's the selectors, and they've gone for North at 13, which means a uh, test debut for Johnny McNichol on the wing. And a couple of injury issues as well, which are affecting the squad, which we'll get on to talk about in a minute.
0: Indeed, I guess as you mentioned there, I've got my own views on it, and I suppose this squad announcement is like the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Because I've I've got Johnny McNichol on the wing, which I wanted, but I haven't got Nick Tompkins in the centre, which was what I was pushing for as well. Um, But how do do we see that going? Because obviously Johnny McNichol now is going to win his first cap and. George North a man that you staunchly defended on the game line yesterday is going to be thrown into that centre position again
2: well regular listeners to this podcast will know Benjamin I'm not ready to throw George North under the bus like the rest of my colleagues Um, you know he's approaching 100 caps you don't get there unless you've got something about you look you know as I said on the game line yesterday I think the preferred choice for everyone was to have specialists in their right positions. You know, so I would have liked to have seen Nick Tompkins start uh, at 13. Um but I wouldn't have dispensed with North either. I'd have started him on the wing. Um so you know, I, I, we we did kind of agree yesterday on the game line, but we were agreeing for different reasons, I think. Um in terms of, you know, it would have been nice a nice way for Tompkins to start and I, you know, we do we do have Ireland up next week, which, you know, they're going to have formidable centres. Are we going to say that we're comfortable with George North playing in the centre against Ireland? Or is Pivak hoping that Owen Watkin gets fit to play there? Because surely the, the logical school of thought, I think as you pointed out yesterday, would be for Tompkins to start against Italy and then start against Ireland. So you know it's interesting but as Simon said you know there's only one opinion that matters really and that's Wayne Pivac he, he did touch touch on at the launch he was you know North was enthusiastic about the role and all the rest of it and he's played there before mixed success um, you know so we'll have to see how it goes
1: there's two things for me in this I mean what I always kind of suspected was that the limited amount of time that the English-based players have in camp over the last two weeks having to go back and be available for their clubs from last midweek whereas all the Welsh-based players could stay for two weeks in camp that inevitably impacts especially when you knew coming into the camp and you're potentially playing in a pivotal position outside centre key, key role I always wonder whether that might count against Nick Tompkins and the likes of Will Griff John in terms of coming in just because they wouldn't have had the hours on the park that the other players have had as fresh guys and, and Perhaps that is part of it. Tompkins is on the bench now. Perfect opportunity to give him like half an hour um, coming on the field against Italy. Uh, the other thing for me is that if you look at the available wings, in terms of the people who've played wings since the World Cup, the people in form are Josh Adams, McNichol and Rhys Summit. George North hasn't played a lot at on the wing at all. He, he had his hamstring one, one injury game, one it? game. Yeah. When he's been back, he's playing in the centre. They scored so, a try in that game, mind. I, but, I, 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 so I think, that I think in terms of the starting wings, there were people ahead of George yeah. North currently on form. So if you decide that, and we know that it was Pivak brought McNichol over from New Zealand. He's always been a big admirer of him. He played well over the last three and a half years for the Scarlet. Played well in his um, the uncapped game against the Barbarians. So it kind of makes sense. So the question then was does George North start in the centre? And I think you combine the fact that he perhaps can't get in on the wing at the moment because their players in form and the fact that Tompkins is at limited time, this kind of makes sense and it does tie in with the kind of way that Pivot was talking at the launch. So this is what we've ended up with.
0: Indeed, and you mentioned that obviously Tompkins is on the bench and it was widely reported yesterday that Lewis resam samit was going to be on the bench, but I guess logically it makes sense that would be Tompkins because... Tompkins may be sort of called in to sort of play it in Dublin next weekend the likelihood is that Rhys unless he had a stormer wouldn't have featured in Dublin well the problem you've
1: got is if you'd gone Rhys rather than Tompkins on the bench if you had an injury in the centre who goes there would, you know, yeah. You, would it have been McNichol going to the centre? You had a, you would have had a bit of an issue there. You're then, you're then having to sort of change your, your replacement fly half thing yeah. and, and go with Owen on the bench on you aren't Yeah, I mean, you could have probably you could have had Jared Evans perhaps moving in the centre, but it, it makes in terms of the balance of the over all twenty three, it makes more sense. Um, and the other thing is when I go back to the launch again the, the way that Pivak talked about Rhys summit uh, the emphasis was on him learning about the environment learning around players who've had 50-60 caps for Wales it was more that than playing in the first game now I think there will be a point in this championship, certainly perhaps towards the end of the championship, if Wales aren't maybe going for the, for the title of the Grand Slam, yeah. I think you will see him come in game game time. You'll certainly see him on the summer tour to New Zealand, I would imagine. But he's going to be learning, isn't he? But then again, he's somebody who's going to, to go back, back to Gloucester during the, the midst of the championship. So he has limited time. But listen, compared to where he was at the start of the season when he was just maybe hoping to get a couple of games at Gloucester, he's in, a, he's in a Wales Six Nations squad. So, you know, it, it's, it says something about the the rapidity of his progress, that there's a little bit of disappointment he's not playing against Italy. Incredible story all round. But And it also shows him a strength we've got in depth in the wings and in the back three. So, uh, yeah, his time will come.
0: An area of sort of perennial strength and depth is, is the back row, but that's taken a significant blow today, hasn't it? With Josh Navidi being ruled out for the bulk of the tournament.
2: Well, yeah, Simon obviously got the story before the team announcement today. Navidi's got a hamstring problem, he's um, ruling him out for the bulk of the tournament. Uh, I think he's going to be missed, you know, especially in, in Ireland. You know, Wales have been bullied in Ireland. Certainly two years ago, they were bullied out there, physically beaten up. Um, they missed Navidi's physicality in the semi-final of the World Cup as well, where they lost the physical battle. Um, so I think particularly in Dublin, his absence will be felt. Um, so, you know, it's incumbent upon Wainwright, who we've discussed before, has had perhaps a little bit of a lull after the World Cup. Um, you know, again, he's a youngster, we forget this. You know, he's had a big workload in 2019. Um you know, it's incumbent on him now to, to sort of grab that jersey and, and sort of fill the void. I suppose what, what Wainwright perhaps does offer that Navidi doesn't is that operating with the ball in hand. Um, you know, Navidi's a very direct, abrasive ball carrier, perhaps not as subtle as some of his counterparts in the back row. So Wainwright brings that in open spaces, but, you know, the physicality, you won't probably miss it against Italy, but against Ireland, that's going to be felt um, and someone's going to have to step up. But at least as some Simon's pointed out in the past, Wainwright brings a line-out option.
1: Yeah, my understanding is Navidi's going to be out for about four to five weeks. So, effectively, that rules him out with the first three games, potentially comes back for the, for the last two um, against England and Scotland. I think it's absolutely a massive blow, a body blow. I've said before that I thought Wales missed him hugely at the World Cup semi-final against South Africa, where his absence in terms of the clearing out of the breakdown meant that Peter Stefford was able to rule that effectively, you know took the uh, ruck game away from Wales single-handedly um, we really missed Navidi there we'll miss his uh, tackling uh, as well his, his gr- nitty-gritty work and I've always felt that him and t- Tipperick together, it helps bring out the best in Tipperick because it takes some of the responsibility away from Tipperick in terms of working over the ball. Because Navidi, with his uh, open side background, can do that job over the ball, both slowing down opposition wall uh, and pilfering ball and winning penalties, which enables uh, Tipperick to do what he does best. Which I think you would see a lot of in the pivot, which is working in those wide channels along with Wainwright and and I think it is an attacking back three. Fitting into this wider game plan, which we're expecting, is brilliant. Because all three of them can do that role in outside centre and wing channel. The concern is, will they be able to do that? Will we have the ball for them to do that? Because you're missing Navidi's presence in the breakdown. I think it would be fascinating at the press conference today to hear from Wayne Pivak. If Navidi had been fit, what would the team have been? Now, whether you'll give that away or not, I don't know. But I would always personally have him on the side because I think he is such an important cog in making any team work.
0: I mean, because I sort of looked at, uh, at you know, pods are becoming a sort of more sort of prevalent sort of part of rugby tactics. And I think Wales are going to copy what Japan did in the World Cup, which was sort of like a one, two, three, two sort of formation. So I think they'll have Ken Owen sort of roaming on the, the sort of right wing around Johnny mm. McNichol, which we saw for his try against the Barbarians. Obviously, we saw Wainwright and Tiprick on, on the left. I think it'll be Tiprick and Falatau working in tandem, which is, you know, that that gets the pulse racing, doesn't it? But then you need someone like Navidi in that sort of, that three pod, sort of on the right-hand side, or even the two pod, just to sort of do do the grunt.
1: Well, for me, it puts a huge onus now on the front five of their contribution to breakdown time. Um I think that may be one of the factors that has got Dylan Lewis a starting spot. Dylan was great in the World Cup, come on bundles, improved with his scrimmaging. The one thing we do know about him, he's he's probably one of the best front row forwards in Europe over the ball. He's outstanding in that area. And I think with the loss of Navidi, that's going to be even more important. Wynne Jones can be very effective over the ball as well. Ken Owens can be effective so I think there's going to have to be a group mentality in terms of the work of the break done, both in the clearing out and over the ball which would enable you yeah. to get over the loss of, of uh, um, they, see they'll, have, they'll have experienced it against the Africa they'll have known the things they missed through Navidi being out they'll know the things that need to be replicated I know it's a new coaching team but you need to have enough people to do all those kind of roles so it's working as a pack as a whole is the key for me
0: because we know that they watched the this coaching staff will have watched the World Cup and and, and taken notes, and we are the sort of the only nation, in the Six Nation who has a breakdown uh, expert working with us in in Sam Warburton. So you would expect these things to be high on the agenda, wouldn't you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I interviewed Sam a couple of weeks ago and I had a good chat with him um, afterwards as well. And uh, what, what he's what he's keen on trying to do here is is making sure that Wales are, are picking their battles at the breakdown. Uh, the word that kept coming up was efficiency. You know, they want they want to make sure people aren't wasting energy going into rucks that are lost causes. Um, so, you know, he wants bodies on feet. So he wants to get as many people in the defensive line as he can to help out Byron Haywood and his systems. Um, similarly, on the attack, when they've got the ball... He wants to be similarly efficient so that there are as many people on their feet for Stephen Jones to work with in the attack. Um, So it's all about picking the battles, being smart on how you go after the ball at the breakdown. Um, So it is a a focus for them. And, you know, you could talk to Sam all day when it comes to breakdowns. So there's no one better than him to to sort of go in there and and instill his philosophies. So it's it's clearly, you know, Italy's a good game first up as well to see this in action because they will challenge you. We've talked about their dangers, you know, throughout the week on the game line particularly Tommaso Allen and Matteo Minocci as you have pointed out Ben but you know at the breakdown I think they can be got at uh, it'll be interesting it's so fascinating to see how Wales are going to approach this game now because it's the first time they have had the players in camp for two weeks this is a proper test match now it's not the Barbarians you know how are they going to cope how are they going to approach the game and what style of play are they going to employ so it's going to be fascinating
0: So well, Speaking of people that you've uh, spoken to recently uh, Mike Phillips is back on on our books as as a columnist and uh, you spoke to me the other day and we'll uh, have a listen to to what he had to say
2: Okay, we're delighted to be joined on the Welsh Rugby Podcast now by Wales Online columnist and of course Welsh rugby legend Mike Phillips Uh, Good afternoon, Mike, how are you doing? Good
3: afternoon. Very good. Thanks. Very good.
2: Good man. Good man. Obviously, the Six Nations is on the horizon now. Then, new new coaches uh, in the Welsh camp. A uh, Bit of a different feel to it this time around for Wales, having had Warren Gatland for so long. What um, What do you make of Wales's chances going into this campaign?
3: Well, it's exciting. I think um, I think it's great that there's new management and Wayne Pivac's done such a great job in, in the scarlet since coming over. And, um, you know he's got a great CV in the game. Um, played under him for two games in the scarlets myself, and uh, really impressed with the way he handled himself, and and um, you know his view in the game and what he felt, you know how the game should be played. Um, and I'm just excited to see you know it's great it's, it's, it's freshened up it's new it's faces in there I think it, it was much needed you know um, obviously the last management team were outstanding the best we've ever had but um, it, it's good that we've mixed it up now and players can learn from a different voice uh, and develop a game even further and you know we can
2: try and um, we can try and all, you know, all get better So Wales, Wales obviously going away in this championship to Twickenham uh, and to Dublin got all the the blue teams Scotland, Italy and France at home is it more difficult to win the Six Nations this way around when you've got to go to Twickenham and go to the Aviva Stadium
3: Yeah it is I think um I thought the Wales were in last year because of because of what you just said there. The fixtures, you know, it was a big opening game against France and the boys. Um, it, it, you know, the the, the word that he was all the time is momentum and it's key. You know, that first game after go like, oh, Um, you know, the France away and the boys um, went away from home and just got everything, got the ball rolling. Um and have obviously having those two bigger teams at home is key. Um I think France this year will will be a lot stronger than they've been over previous years. Think they were lucky really in many ways to you know, to beat them in the World Cup. Um, they've obviously got Sean Edwards there now, so that's that fixture at home is gonna be um a very difficult one. Um but yeah, you know, going away to tricking and an island too world world-class sides over the last, you know, four or five years. It's um, very difficult to, um, you know, to manage to, you know, beat England first up, and, and that got the ball rolling. And um, so uh, it's going to be tough. You know, I, I don't think we can judge them on this tournament on anyone. I think it's um, a year after the World Cup new faces new management I think it's all fresh and I think it's just exciting to see them go out there and, and play um, an expansive game and, and you know, hopefully they can get get some wins
2: Yeah as, as you touched on there Mike I think I'm right in saying two of the Grand Slams that yourself was involved in they, they were both when Wales had to go to Twickenham and had to go to Ireland to win so it can be done
3: yeah, it can be done when I was playing. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, obviously it can be done on the boys. They've got a great squad. I think it's a young, exciting squad, and you know, it's a great time to, to develop youngsters as well. And, um, you know, we've got depth in so many positions. But, um, but you know, there, there's no pressure on the boys at, at all. And I don't like think it's pressure on the management. I think. Uh, you know, it's a transition period and um single big time but um you know they can go up the trip you know, and and have no fear, um you know, and, and just play and play this this open style and you know, we wanna see them throw the ball around which at the start of the World Cup they did very, very well and they sort of put into their shells a bit towards the end. So um hopefully they can, you know, back themselves and, and just just go further in.
2: You were um, you were on the field uh, back when a, a very young George North made his debut as a teenager for Wales. There's a lot of talk now in Wales about another teenager, uh, Lewis Reece uh, coming into the camp. We don't know if he's going to play against Italy. Um, he's a little bit older than George was back when he made his debut uh, against South Africa. But are you are you of the the thought that if you if you're good enough, you're old enough, or would you have any sort of reservations about about throwing in a teenager into a Six Nations game for his debut?
3: No, I think um, no. If they, you know, they, I, I don't consider age as any sort of, any sort of thing. I think um, I think the key thing with, with youngsters putting them in there, I think, is that they should be given, you know, four or five games, no matter what, no matter how they perform. And I think there's no point putting the youngster in there for a game and then maybe things don't go well for him and they take him out and they don't kick him, you know, for a while. I think you've got to understand that, you know, where he is in his development and uh um, you've got a backing for, you know, at least, you know, four or five games and say, look, you know, don't don't you know don't feel like you have to force things to make things happen. Just, you know, be comfortable in there. You know, you've got time, you know, just enjoy and be yourself and um, you know that's um you know I think that's
2: key. You touched on France there, Mike. Obviously, you spent a lot of your time in, over your career, um, second half of your career in France. A lot of noise being made about them. A lot of people tipping them to do very well in this tournament. You know, I guess with France, it's always been the same. If they can avoid beating themselves, then they'll have a good chance. Do you, do you think they could be a potential dark horse this year? Yeah, honestly, for
3: the last um, number of years... You know, I was sick of, um, you know, we don't know what team was going to turn up. We've known for four or five years now that we've known um, that they've been very poor, you know. and But now, obviously, from the World Cup to what, you know, how I thought they played really, really well and, and the way particularly they played against Wales and they kind of dominated that game from many facets and obviously there's a red card that, that, that killed it for them but you know there were signs there that this is real quality they've got actual young blood coming through now which much needed the old guard um, so the old school values have gone and these youngsters coming in you know they're, <clears throat> they're so sharp they're so fit and um you know the, the academy system they've got is is working. They've done well under the twenties level. I think they've won a couple of uh, world cups, is that, if that's right? Uh, recently, and yeah, you know, they've got that young crop coming through now. They're finally making a trip, and yeah, with Sean Edwards there, of course. Um, you know they've got um, a great man there. You know he can uh, he can deliver. You know as we all know, so um, they'll be exciting to watch.
2: And just uh, just quickly, your old mate, I know you've spoken about him in the past, Stephen Jones looking after the Wales attack, uh, I remember speaking to you in Japan when he was uh, brought in uh, on an emergency basis to replace Rob Howley, now he's got the job full time, are you excited to see what he can do with the back line?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, he's, um, he's got all the experience in the world and, uh obviously a great player and he's got a great experience as a coach now and you know um you know he's a winner these days love playing alongside him. Um, you know, he's as strong as an ox and um you know, he's got a bit more time now to, to bed in, so, you know, that's exciting. It's always been about moving the ball and, and finding space and, um, you know, backing skills, so, you know, he'll encourage that in in, in the young team and, um, you know, he'll, um, you know he'd a wealth of experience obviously
2: yeah and just finally there Mike before we let you go uh, just looking at this tournament as a whole then who who are you sort of leaning towards as, as potential title contenders this year
3: well I picked it right last year in Wales <laughs> and I think a big sort of um that was a big factor is obviously the way the fixtures fell for Wales um I don't think that having Italy first up is necessarily a good thing. And um, Italy, you know, come out of the blocks quite strong. But you know, I'm, I'm not saying that we're going to lose that game. But um, how the games unfold that, unfolded last year was, was, you know, was key to Wales. And you know, having it in England, home and Ireland, at home was you know, you're almost starting the game, sort of seven, eight points up. Um, so the big factor is away from home. Look, I mean, I think France will be up there. You know, I, hopefully, um, you know, maybe we'll see an upset. I think they've got England first up. That's going to be a, a great game. Um, but it's, it's tight to call. I think it'll be either, you know, France. Uh, in Union Wales I think so
2: one of those three alright but listen Mike thanks for joining us on the podcast and uh, yeah, please uh, report that Mike's going to be joining us throughout the Six Nations you can read his column in the Western Mail every weekend on Wales Online and he's going to be joining us on the Welsh Rugby podcast so thanks for joining us this week Mike and we'll hear from you next week thank you very much all the best I'm Sam Warburton, and you're listening to the Welsh Rugby podcast
0: There's always interesting stuff there from Mike Phillips, one of the characters of Welsh Rugby. Um,
2: Yeah, absolutely. And obviously Mike's going to be with us now throughout the Six Nations. You can read his views on Wales Online, Western Mail, uh, newspaper in his column, and he's going to be on the podcast uh, every week as well. So you'll be able to hear his thoughts here.
1: The interesting thing for me on Scrum halves is the absence of Gareth Davies in the squad as well. Now, it's a real turnaround in the fortunes of Rhys Webb just a few weeks ago we were thinking once again he was going to be unavailable for Six Nations through his Toulon situation we knew he was you know probably coming back we knew the Ospreys was the destination but then we had the the kind of big news that the Union had given him special dispensation because of his return to be involved in the Six Nations and come game one he's going to be in the 23 he'll be absolutely busting he hasn't played for Wales since uh, the end of November early December 2017 that's a long old time away from international rugby probably at the peak of his powers and he will get Game time, no doubt. You know, um, I think Thomas Williams probably was edging to be the starting favourite anyway. He started against the Barbarians, um, but now Reese Webb is back on board, and yeah, it, it just shows that how, how lucky we are. You know that he is come back because that you know there's real quality options in, in scrum half, and uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see him back in a Wales jersey again. Mm-hmm.
2: Thomas Williams as well, mind. You. you know, it's going to be really interesting to see how he manages from the start. Now, you know, I I would have you know Gareth Davis obviously not fit, but I like the balance of Gareth Davis starting games and and Thomas Williams coming on in the sort of last half hour to to really inject some impetus in that position. I thought it worked really well at the World Cup. Um, and I thought that was the way to go going forward. So, you know, the injury to Gareth is obviously given Tom the opportunity to start this Saturday. Um, it's going to be a good test for him. It's a competitive match, obviously. Um, He's going to have to control the game as well as pose all the threats that he does uh, in an attacking sense, working alongside Dan Bigger, which is going to help him in that regard, obviously. Um, but it's a big opportunity for Thomas now, and it's going to be interesting to see if he can take this jersey and run with it and really put the pressure on the likes of Gareth Davis and Rhys Webb.
1: Yeah, there's an interest in the bench in the whole, really, because, I mean, you would expect more and more the talk of it you know, we've had the whole thing about Bill Beaumont coming out and saying should just maybe should we go back to the old school of you can only come on if there's an injury. Well that's not the case at the moment it's finishes as Eddie Jones calls them and they, they're going to play an important role Jared Evans in particular you can see coming on maybe for the last 25 minutes when the game is broken up we saw last year when we had the contrast of uh, Anskim plus some slightly more ball in hand attacking yeah. threat and then Bigger coming on and seeing the ship home it's the reverse this time where we've got Bigger providing a solid platform hopefully getting Wales into a strong position then Jared Evans coming on against broken tyre defences and we know what he can do with ball in hand and as a runner and bringing people into play so I'm looking forward to that especially with Tom Tompkins may be coming on and bringing a bit of um, specialist centre control there. And you've got the likes of Ryan Elias. Big opportunity for him. We haven't talked about Absolutely. the Elliot D's out for the rib injury Matt. Mm. And I like Elias. I think he's a big ball carrier against tight defences. He can make an impact. Um, yeah. And um, I suppose also, you know, when Webb comes on... Um, And maybe the other one we mentioned, Ross Moriarty. Well, I've just seen signs the last few weeks. You know, you get the impression he's really enjoying working under Dean Ryan. Now, if Navidi had been fit, there's a good chance Moriarty wouldn't have been involved in this 23. He now can have a big championship, play a big role, hard man, strong man, strong carrier. Um, I think he'll be best in the gut get on there as well. So, yeah, interesting times.
2: there's, There's one man we haven't mentioned here, though, and that's Rob Evans. It's a big opportunity for Rob Evans now because he's obviously missed out on the World Cup squad. That would have been difficult for him, uh, having played such a role in the Six Nations last year, Grand Slam Six Nations. Obviously, Pivak knows him well. I get the impression they get on. Um, you know, they, I, I get the impression that Wayne Pivak and Rob Evans know how to bounce off each other. Yeah. So, you know, it's a, big, it's a big opportunity for Rob because he, he was well and truly out of the picture in the World Cup. And like I said, I think that would have been tough for him. So... Big opportunity for Rob Evans if he gets on.
1: And of course, he's uh, got the opportunity now that Reese Carey is suspended. Carey's going to be back available for the Ireland game. So both loose heads we been won big games. I've been encouraged to win Jones of the last four. And I thought he had a little bit of a post-World um, uh, Cup lull. He seemed to be sort of, uh, dis- you know, getting into a few scrapes in, in games. But the last couple of games, his scrummaging has been strong. And I think he'll be important in giving that foothold. I mean it's a good strong team. Yep. It's a good strong twenty three. It's a team well keep, capable of beating Italy. Uh, I'm just I'm just really disappointed about Navidi. I just I think over the course of the championship that's that's disappointing.
0: Okay. Uh, just on the whole then, are we happy with Wayne Pivak's selection? Because obviously it's, it's his first six nations game and I don't want to test you If knowledge. it comes off I'm happy.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean look, we I, I I've said you know, Nick Tompkins I would have liked to have seen start in the centre and George North on the wing You know, I, I get Simon's arguments about form and all that but I, I just think international rugby is, a, is a, about a little bit more than that I think you know, you can't just throw the towel in on North I think you need to work with him because when he is on form he's our, he's our biggest threat so I think this would have been a good game for him to have found that form so I hope that transpires I think Wales are going to beat Italy uh, I, I don't envisage too many issues um, but I, as I said on the game line Tommaso Allen does scare me a little Bit.
1: but maybe moving forward midfield is going to be more of George's position that might be what we're seeing here in the past he's had four starts there for Wales in the war on Gatlin and never really had the run yep. maybe this is going to be a more permanent one that's the interesting thing for me obviously Wales coaches dating back to, to Graham Henry have had a mixed start
0: five nations six nations Six nations. can you name the two uh, one on their debuts Gats and Are no, you pushing it
1: uh, on
0: his six nations debut no couldn't tell you Mike Ruddock and there it is two Two, two grand slams right well it's, who knows when was this good, weekend that's a good
1: note of lack of knowledge on our part in end <laughs> of it there, there we go,
2: go right, to, to be fair I, I, I was quite young back then <laughs> Ruddock, I know but right. I was young I was, was younger, younger. <laughs> our, right, you've obviously googled it before coming in we got our next guest waiting to come in so there we we go. know, we're going to
0: roll up that's it for today's podcast uh, we'll be back again post-match on Saturday you can catch all the action from the weekend on Wells Online